Welcome back, everybody, to what happened was your wrestling history lesson of all the zany, weird shit that goes on in this carnival act of pro wrestling that we all love. I'm Alexis, and with me tonight, I have Tiff, because what we're going to cover tonight has a lot of reactions to it, and I love her reactions, and I wanted her here for them. (laughs) (laughs) Hola, party peoples. All right. So, we're going to stay in the land of WCW, because, oh God. Yeah. (laughs) You guys have listened to the last episode. While I praise Halloween Havoc. And I love the pay-per-view. I can also find some very, very, very uh, antagonizing views, I guess is the best way to say it. Okay. Hope hope the wrestling on TikTok don't come for me. We're going to stay with WCW, like I said. So, Tiff, before I start, how much do you know of WCW? Did you watch it like that? I watched WCW, but I didn't. I didn't watch it as often as I could have, if we put it that way. Um, I saw, I watched it on Mondays because Nitro came on regular TV. So I wasn't, well, it came on TV and I wasn't, it wasn't as hard to watch as, raw was it was just easier to to see so i watched nitro and then after a while i don't know i stopped watching it something made me stop watching it hmm. um and i would watch saturday night i mean saturday wcw when it would come on because it came on regular television so but there were just i don't know something about wcw stuff is very obscure i don't remember a lot of it and i tend to remember a much more of WWE than I do WCW. Oh, I actually like WCW, and there's a lot of stuff I forgot. But when I go back and rewatch it, I'm like, oh, this is why I forgot it. Thanks, Brain. I owe you one. Because uh, I, I, I love WCW. I don't want anyone to think I have very high nostalgia factors when it comes to WCW. That was actually the first wrestling show that I went to. It was me, my dad, and my brother went to see WCW Nitro at the Lakeland Civic Center. I'm not telling you what year, because y'all don't need to know that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the night where the Road Warriors showed up. So little me, seeing her favorite tag team of all time showing up in person, that was was a big deal to me as a kid. Um, I think I still have my black and white stinger shirt somewhere i gotta find it unless it got thrown away by somebody anyway <laughs> well we're like i said i love the ecw but i can also call it out on his on their bullshit and one of the biggest bullshit matches that i have unfortunately came to remember was another match from Halloween Havoc. While I love this pay-per-view and there has been great things that's happened to it, there's been some very shitty ones. Oh, boy. So come with, so come with me and Tiff tonight back to the long time ago year of 1991, Halloween Havoc at the UTC Chattanooga, so University of Tennessee Chattanooga campus on October 27, 1991. So get this. 
Did you know the first two years of Halloween Havoc, while having the name Halloween Havoc, did not have any motif to it at all? Wait, what? Yeah. They really didn't have anything that separated it. The first you, you have Halloween Havoc and you didn't utilize that to... Well, this is why the first... <laughs> Why? See, like, I will give AEW all the shit for, like, all the special stuff that they do on TV, because that does give me vibes of WCW, but at the same time, at least they know how to dress their set. They at least put a little bit of effort into it. So I will give I them agree. That. So the first pay-per-view, they didn't really... The first Halloween Havoc, they didn't really have anything, and the second one, they had, like, one cutout, like, paper mache, paper crate pumpkin hanging somewhere. But this year... Serious? I'm serious. 1991 was the first one that had any kind of Halloween dressing. But it's not the iconic gargoyle and pumpkin and all that stuff that I heavily love this pay-per-view for. You ever been to a carnival? And when you go to the fun house, they always have like this, like, you know, it's like the creepy, like the haunted houses kind of thing. Yeah. And they always, they always have those murals like painted up trying to make it look creepy yeah okay so picture this for a backdrop take one of the one of those murals that happen to be of a haunted house and bring it into the real world oh no it was so i mean for 91 because i will admit the opening graphics were such 1991 computer graphic cheese i had to love it i did i <laughs> so fucking goofy but i loved it i'm like this is great this is great this is like pure early 90s cheese and i'm living for it i can't but but they took it so it looked like they constructed this really flimsy front of a haunted house and then you know those gravestones that always are like they have names that rhyme on them and stuff like that yeah they they had that and a fun little fact the same time that this show was going on, the Atlanta Braves, which were owned by Ted Turner at the time, were going up against the Milwaukee Brewers. So one of the headstones said, rest in peace, Brewers. The funny thing is, that night, the Brewers went on to beat the Braves. I'm sure they did. <laughs> so, fun little They did that to themselves. They did that to themselves. So... You know, don't don't talk shit while a game is going on, especially a very important one like that. So they have this house that's that's like shoddily done. And it was really cool for, at the time because they had like the mist and the smoke and everything. And the wrestlers would come out by opening the door to the house. The problem is the door looked really janky. So a couple of people who were in this match that we're going to talk about I haven't told you what this match is called yet. Some of the oh, people boy. who came through that door had, were so proportionally different from how the door was. They got stuck. And at one point, you just see a guy in from WCW <laughs> production wearing fucking Zumba pants because the door was open and it didn't close. And you see this guy in a production shirt and bright-ass Zumba pants leaning in and shut the door. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, it happened. 
it's on Peacock. Man, I had to rewind that shit like maybe twenty times. I was laughing so hard. That's so. That oh no, that that's bad. That is so, so bad. I haven't even talked about the match yet. So what, pray tell? Am I talking about Halloween Havoc 1991 for besides the shoddy decoration? Oh, and they had a little sign that said WCW. And when the pyro came, it looked like sparklers. Like, you know how Gilbert used to come out? That that was, that was I'm like, where'd their pyro budget go? Is this it? Poor babe. So a major thing was going on in WCW at the time in 1991. Sting, not brooding pro sting but surfer sting bleach blonde had the bright face paint california guy sting not gonna lie was a little cute back in the day to little me he was the united states champion and he had and he they were making a really big deal about his run well there was a newcomer for that title by the name of cactus jack pretty sure he never went on to do anything major in his career. Some guy yeah, never he, did. Yeah, I don't think he did. No, no, I don't think he did anything. I think he's just at home chilling, you know, mm-hmm. living his best life. Last time I heard, he's talking to socks. So I don't, I don't know, man. I heard him really crazy. <laughs> but yeah, one of the one of the three faces of Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, was in WCW, which is really hard to believe because when you think of Cactus Jack, you automatically think of ECW. But yeah, Cactus did do time in WCW. Him and Sting were feuding for the United States title. And they were making a really big deal about this title. Now, I don't remember if it's like around the title time the title debuted or if it's because Sting had it and they were making big deals about it. Something that WWE should be doing right now because Ray, Ray's US champion, right? At the time of this recording. He is. Why do I have to Google to see who the United States champion is right now in WWE? That's bad. Anyway. Well, Carlito's okay. there permanently anyway. now. So there's that. I'm so when he came back, like Daryl was sleeping, but I was like, oh my, he looks good. He looks amazing. Carlito looks like he, he looks great. I'm not even mm-hmm. going to freaking <laughs> So, yeah. Cactus Jack and Sting get into this feud and it was a feud that lasted all the way through summer 1991 it went into the fall and what escalated was at one point Cactus Jack came out with a hilariously big package for the Stinger's birthday (laughs) and in that package came out Abdullah the fucking butcher ew now Y'all have heard our opinion. Are you still there? Yep. My headphones went out. Can you hear me? I barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Well, where did I get cut off at? Cactus Jack and Sting. Did I talk about how Sting got a hilariously huge package for his birthday? Yeah, and it was Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the fucking Butcher. Okay, we can edit this out. So, 
you have heard our opinions about Abdullah the Butcher. I'm not going to rehash them. You guys can listen back because we talked about it a couple episodes ago. But whatever. So Abdullah the Butcher shows up. <laughs> and it gets to the point that Singh and Foley's feuds start involving other people around them to the point where WCW comes up with this great idea for a match that will go down in infamy and for none of the good reasons ever be infamous. The Chamber of Horrors match. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right off the bat, it sounds fucking awesome, right? Because like, it's not a little rating too, like Hell in a Cell. You know, you're thinking, okay, or war games. They're going to, like, beat the shit out of each other, right? Right. Hey, keep that in mind. Keep that hype, okay? <laughs> so they're hyping this up when you get on the show. Eric Bischoff and Jim Ross. Not Eric Bischoff, but Jim Ross and Eric Bischoff are there. Jim Ross is actually the color commentator for WCW at this time. Mm. It's really weird, but... What's even weirder is when I watch it and it looks like his face hasn't caught up with his eyes, nose, or mouth, if that makes sense. Like, it looks very, very weird. I don't... I'm not surprised. So, Tony Schiavone, or not... Oh, Tony Schiavone's with uh, JR. I had to relook at my notes. So, they cut to Eric Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff's out there watching the wrestlers roll up. And it's really weird to see Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher get out of a red sedan. Ah, and he was able to fit? Yes, so. Oh, okay. And then... I've <laughs> been like, ooh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't know you could fit in there, but sure. Oh, 80s <laughs> were a lot bigger. I mean, late 80s, early 90s cars were a lot bigger, man. So, like... Me and my brother used to actually wrestle in the back seat a few times before somebody hit my dad and he yelled at us. So that should tell you how big. <laughs> so they pull up. And then the second card. Now, this is just something I had to add. The second card, card pulls up. And out comes a young DDP. What's a young DDP look like? I'm very curious about that. So young DDP looked like somebody who escaped the 80s hair metal scene. <laughs> Does not have the infamous beard yet. And I keep forgetting, like, he looks young, but I keep forgetting that DDP actually didn't start wrestling till he was, like, in his, like, mid-30s. Because he was oh. a man. And that's, like, something cool I learned. DDP used to be a manager. And here's something even more cool. For one of the WrestleManias that the Honky Tonk Man came out on, he came out on a pink Cadillac. The driver was DDP because that was DDP's car in real life. Oh, okay. Very clever. Very, so he, very clever. Comes out, he's got the wild curly hair. He's got the fucking fanny pack, the, the two tight jeans, the... Uh, you know how I always tell you that it always takes like five years for a decade to find its own footing this yeah very very 80s and then in the car with him was the diamond stud aka 
Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, a.k.a. the greatest heel to ever walk this planet because he always made us convinced everybody that he was fucking Cuban. The reality, he was just somebody... <laughs> She's speaking back. I thought... <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. So all these dudes are going to be involved in the Chamber of Horror match. Now, it's also very weird is when you go back and you see Eric Bischoff, he has not aged a day. Uh, I saw Eric Bischoff. Today, me and AJ were, I was on YouTube, and I'm subscribed to Impact's channel, and if you haven't subscribed to the channel, you're really missing out, because they put all of the old stuff up on TV, so, like, we were just watching before I decided to hop on here with you, we were watching Slammiversary 2011. Oh, that was a good one. And so, the big story was... Kurt Angle was fighting against Jeff Jarrett. Um, Jeff Jarrett had claimed he took his wife and everything from him, and the last thing he could take from him is his gold medal, right? And then they show Eric Bischoff because that, I guess this was the start of the time of the Immortals. And yeah. Bischoff, Bischoff and Hogan were taking over TNA, um, and they were trying to get rid of the X Division. They were just doing a bunch of shit. And they showed Bischoff, and Bischoff had this stark white hair, and he was completely orange. And I was like, look, I said, who did this to you, sir? (laughs) Is the person who he shorted on the fake bake, I guess. Because, ma'am, not only was he orange tanned, but he was also orange with makeup on. Oh, no. I kid you not. Now, when I was a kid, 2011 was very much after high school, but I was we were young adults, okay? So we were in oh, our 20s. Yeah. But, like, you have to think. Like, at that time... We were just getting, I was just getting into makeup and learning how to color match properly and all that good stuff. So I didn't know it was foundation. (laughs) Looking at it now and like high definition, I'm like, that's Kryolin foundation. This kind of stuff that the drag queens use to cover up their um blemishes if they have very big pores and a lot of them just wear it because it's very 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 full coverage he was wearing heavily orange foundation on top of his fake and bake you can see it it was really clear and i was like what the fuck you know something funny my dad when we when he started becoming like a character on tv my dad, mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff, for the hair dye that he used to use in WCW. What? My dad was watching WCW with me one night. And Eric Bischoff came comes out. And my dad looks at Eric Bischoff and he goes, there's no way that's his natural hair color. 
Because at this time, Dad, I love you. My dad had started going gray early, like in his 30s. And guess who got that gene? Thanks, Dad. Ah. Oh. <laughs> there was pride. No, why? Fuck it. Everyone's spending all this money for it. Mine's just going to come naturally. I'm just going to have to wait a little bit longer. I'm completely <laughs> Right. Dad had been dyeing his hair since, like, you know, since I was, like, when my bro- I think, like, shortly after my brother was born and then, like, after I was born. So I was joking around oh. with my dad gray hair coming in early. But my dad used to dye his hair and he would use hair club for men. My dad would always say that hair color was way too black to be natural. Oh no, yeah, he was dying it for sure. It always messed with him. And then I remember it was like some match that Bischoff lost, I think when he came to WWE, and they were shaving his head. And my dad was watching it with me. And he goes, I told y'all that man shaved his hair. He definitely did. Because his hair was stark. When I say it was stark white, it was. It looked like almost like he had been bleaching it and put like a platinum color on there. That's how white it was. And he was pumpkin orange. Eric, I'm no. looking at it. And I said, AJ, that man is orange. And he was like, yeah, that white hair don't help. It make it stand out even more. <laughs> so bad. Very, very yikes. I said, what is that on his face? Why is it? I said, dry. It is. It was unblended foundation. And I was like, how did you do this? How did you go out on national television? Because WCW, well, TNA was being on cable network, but it was it was on TV. Hmm? And everybody watched TNA. Everybody. So I was like, who told you to do this? Like, y'all literally went out with your faces like this. I was so... It was so jarring because Hulk Hogan was just, he just always looks like, you know, just looks like an overly cooked hot dog. The skin is like super, super wrinkly. He didn't look great. So I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Hogan were running by time. So it wouldn't surprise me that they were doing that shit, trying to make themselves look younger. But in reality, all it did was make him look older. Like, here's all was really old. Here's all I'm going to say, because it took me a long time to accept it. If you're at like 38, like I am, and your hair, you people like hairs, it's natural. It happens. And honestly, all these girls are out here paying $400, $500 to get their hair white and silver and all that shit. We're going to get it for free. So I I agree. I don't don't have a problem with it. If it's not something that I want to see... Then I'll definitely go and um, I'll go and get the color I want. If I want to have purple hair, I'll have purple hair. I don't see anything wrong with it. If I'm at the age where I have white hair, I'm at the age where I don't give a fuck anymore. And that's the most dangerous age to be at, honestly. (laughs) To me, at least. So, with Bischoff, Bischoff was a total baby face. So, as he's interviewing the wrestlers... Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes show up. 
Now, Barry Windham is supposed to be in the Chamber of Horror match. But out of nowhere, the brain busters of Larry Zbysko and Arn Anderson attack Dustin and Barry, and Barry is so injured, he can't compete, and Dustin has to rush him off to the hospital. Not competing in this match is probably the best thing that's ever happened to Barry Windham's career. And I mean that. (laughs) (laughs) So rules of Chamber of Horrors. There's two teams. A team full of faces, a team full of heels. They're going to go at each other in this cage. Now, when you think of a cage, you think like the huge monster thing that we have now, right? Like the one that Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus was wrestling in. You think that. Yeah. Hey, this was early 90s wrestling cages. They weren't, do you remember the blue cage from WWE that they used to use back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that size. That. And you're going to have eight dudes. Some of them are huge dudes, by the way. And this tiny little cage that's full of weapons. But they really don't. They have like kendo sticks and stuff. And then they have these coffins set up on the end of it to give it the spooky effect, right? And then like long one like one-handed handcuffs so like you can use them as weapons to like and like keep the guy pinned to the cage from what i watched it but then again i was laughing every single time that i watched this match i didn't see anybody get handcuffed so i don't know if that happened so basically what made the chamber of horrors match so special because i can hear you going alexis it just sounds like another no holes bar steel cage whole hump been there done that how yes, many of- that's exactly what i was gonna say how many other steel cage matches have you heard has an electric chair in it what what the fuck do you need that for here's the thing the object of the match was to get one person from the other team into an electric chair throw the switch and electrocute them I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hence the well, name. Why? For, for what? Well, WCW, because Abdullah the Butcher came in, they saw him as a certified hardcore legend. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Wanted to bring, and since they, so now they have Abdullah and they have Cactus Jack, they wanted to up the ante, right? I couldn't find yeah. any shows that led up to this i couldn't find anything online so if anybody does find out anything please let me know because i have no idea how these men were chosen the build up to this anything so they choose the chamber of horrors match to happen at halloween havoc the two teams the heels in the face the heel team consisted of vader who came out with that full-blown mastodon helmet of his that i've always fucking loved and he got stuck coming out. <laughs> figures. It figures. It. I mean, after the first couple of times, you should have took the damn thing down. Why would you do that? Here's the thing. This match was not the main event. This match was the first match that went on the pay-per-view. Like, as soon as you turned the show on or Low Circuit TV or whatever the hell they were doing it on, this was the first match. Jesus, me offense. I, I... So, Wowzers. here comes... 
Vader with the fucking Mastodon mask. And he's trying to come out this, you know, throwing together haunted house with the God. And you just see his like head, his Mastodon head gets stuck. And he's the guy that the producer and the Zumba pants had to come and shut the door. Right there should tell you this match is not going to start well. <laughs> right? Okay. So you got Vader, Abdullah the Butcher, Cactus Jack, who comes out with a chainsaw, and the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Scott Hall. Now, the only thing... I, I have to say this is funny because as Scott Hall is coming out, all the women are screaming. Oh, well, like, of course. I mean, it's... It's Scott Hall. What do you expect? He does like a strip tease. He like takes off the jacket. He like rips his pants off. And there's these two old women. <laughs> not they're old. <laughs> we're like, okay, not old, like maybe early 50s, right? And there's these Whoa. two there's these two women sitting by the uh by the ramp that they come down on and they have like the barricade set up for. It. And these two women looked at Scott Hall and they were like love struck. You could see it. It was so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious oh. to me. Whoa! I'm the same way my mom looked at Scott Hall when she first saw him. So, you know, whatever. Their history repeats itself. Sounds and about right. Now on the face team, you had El Gigante. You know who El Gigante is? Because this is another wrestler from WCW who jumped ship to WWE. And also known to be in another horrible match, voted probably worth one of the worst matches ever at WrestleMania. So who is he? You remember WrestleMania 9, Giant Gonzalez versus The Undertaker? The guy who had like the near nude bodysuit who had hair like around the crotch? Oh right. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. And the Just funny thing is Drew uh Drew who was it? Uh Bruce Pritchard stated that Mark would kind of use that on him when he like there were some bullshit matches. He's like, you know you made me fight Giant Gonzalez at WrestleMania nine, right? Which I think is funny. He's like, Yeah, stay on this man's ass. Stay on this man's okay, ass. Okay, fair. I, I I think that's a fair that's a fair argument. <laughs> so, so uh, I don't blame him. Yeah. So we had El Gigante, the Steiner brothers, and Sting. So the match begins, and it's just a car crash of a match. You just got big guys beating the shit out of each other. You got Sting and Cactus beating the shit out of each other. Cactus Jack is taking so he is bumping his ass off. He is working hard. Him and Sting are like the highlight of the match. Like everybody else is is fodder. And it was just like they were doing the most, but they were doing the most in the entertaining way, if you understand. Because they were like one of the biggest feuds in WCW, which wouldn't make sense if you just put them in a cage match if they were the biggest feud at the time, right? You didn't have to involve everybody else. Five minutes as the match gets going, Omnius music starts filling the arena. Oh, Lord. And everyone's wondering, what the hell is going on? 
I also need to add that WCW thought it would be this great idea to put a camera called the Referee Camera, which is basically a prototype of GoPros. They put like this weird helmet headband thing on the ref in the match. And it is so jarring. I got motion sickness when I watched it. Why? <laughs> it was very jerky and he was missing stuff. The referee was missing stuff with this stupid camera because at one point, and even so, get this they have these eight, they have these eight guys in there, and they're not small guys. You got the Steiners, you got Abdullah, and you got Bayer and that um, Heligante guy. So these aren't small guys in the ring, right? This would be like putting um this would be like putting Damian Priest and Bobby Lashley in a four by six cell and expecting them to do crazy shit. This is the only way I can explain it. Oh my god. Oh I can't explain. <laughs> I am so flabbergasted by this. At one point, because you know, and then so of course you got the eight wrestlers. You got the referee, and then you got the camera guys who are in the cage with them. <laughs> this is this was a car crash of a match, and I'm just not even including like the, the grown like the actual wrestlers. At one point, because everyone's like they keep and they keep switching views from like the camera guy to the referee camera thing. And at one point, because I told you they had like little coffins lined up in it. At one point, some masked gimp looking dude. Jumps out of one of the yeah, kind of jumps out of like one of the coffins, and hold on, I have it in my notes here. I think I put it in here. Hang on, because I wrote a script too, but I'm also oh, so some random guy jumped out and decided it was gonna be a good thing to fuck with Rick Steiner, who. Oh, and you can tell Rick Steiner was not aware that this shit was going to happen. And he was not happy about some random guy jumping on him, which I don't fucking blame him. Like, if I'm already in a big-ass, if I'm already in a cramped-ass area with four big guys, and the Steiner brothers weren't exactly small guys either. I don't want some little gimp jumping on me. Like, get the fuck off me. What the fuck? So right off the bat, horrible so then the ominous music like i said starts playing and another little chamber starts lowering this has the prop electric chair in it it's not a real electric chair it's a prop chair and this chair after the many times that i have watched this match became the bane of my existence as a wrestling fan <laughs> yeah. so they're making this big deal that you know it's the the cage is coming down cactus jack is selling he doesn't know because the audience is yelling so loud he can't hear the music and he damn near gets squashed by the chamber that the electric chair is in so he had to roll out real fast and i'm like y'all almost took out cactus jack what the fuck what the so fuck? the ref didn't notify him that this was like what is going on <laughs> what is happening Yes, yeah, because the ref is over here dealing with two other jabronis, and you know, practice is doing there. Because what say what you will about Mick Foley, 
the man can fucking put on a show. And if yeah. you say anything, Foley, I will come and fight you because Mick Foley is one of the guys I don't fuck around about. <laughs> and he nearly gets squashed. He rolls. So here comes the chair. This chair looks like something they picked up from like Party City on the way there. And on the side yes. of the on the side one side of the cages was the electric switch. Yeah, you know, when you you you, you hold it up and or you know, it's like the power switch is when the switch is up, it's off, and then you know, you've seen it in like movies and stuff when they hit the power the switch on the electric chair and all that shit happens, right? The switch wouldn't stay up. It kept falling throughout the match. So, I'm sorry. You bring in this chair. And the switch doesn't stay up. So, are you serious right now? And And the camera guys are like zooming in on the switch when the power's on. And Jim Ross is trying to cover up the reason why. And at one point, I mean, he tries to sell it as much as he can because JR from the past could tell you a fucking story. Like, you you know, he could tell you Santa Claus was fucking real and you'd believe him, you know? Of course. Yeah. And he was saying like, oh, you know, the, the switch must have, we got to warm the chair up. Like, he's really trying to sell this. So like, more power to JR because at this point, I think people were going, what the hell is going on? So already with this chamber being, or this cage being as small as it is, you have all these big guys running around in it. You have cameraman, or you have cameramen. There is no room at all because this cage takes, the one with the chair, takes up majority of the fucking ring. So you have Vader, Higante, the Steiner brothers, Abdullah the Butcher and Scott Hall all trying to work in this cramped little space. Again, that would be like taking Damian Priest and Bobby Lashley and putting them in like a janitor's closet. That's how much room they had. And I know you hate Bobby Lashley, but I'm just, he was one of the, he was the only big guy I could think of besides Damian Priest. Like, that's not even a big enough cage for like Rey Mysterio to do anything in, especially if like part of it is obscured. Like, you can't do shit in it. The fans are shitting on this match. Like, real fucking bad. Because then I was like, not good. The hell is this at this point? So sometime during the match, (sighs) this is when everything starts going sideways for me. And it's taken a lot for me to get to this one. (laughs) Sorry, I really... I know I'm laughing a lot, but I literally have lost my mind because of this damn match. (laughs) And for absolutely no reason, here comes a group of what only I could call, in my notes it says, ghost orderlies. It looks like they took (laughs) guys, dressed them all in white, and then poured flour on them to make them look like ghouls, because that's what they call them on commentary. Please stop. And and they come out and you think involved because they bring a stretcher and you're like, okay, his modern storytelling means that means they're going to be a part of this one way, some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. They just park their happy asses on the ramp and just stand there for the rest of the match. 
Like, they were they were they trying to be creepy? Is that what was the point? But the point was. What? <laughs> At one point, one you can like one guy's just on his knee and crossing his like he's trying to look intimidating, and I'm just like, this looks so dumb. Like I said, I've watched this match three times. The first time I had to go back and watch it because I had need of memories, a memory jump. The second one is because I couldn't stop laughing the first time. And the third one was when I actually started taking notes because I was laughing too hard the other two times. Please. So at one point, Rick Steiner, come on. Rick Steiner was put in the chair with the switch down. Nothing happened. One of the orderly that came out, because even at this point, JR stopped making excuses. Because you know when Jim Ross back in the day stopped trying to cover anything, you know you're you know everything was going to shit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop laughing. This is so ridiculous, even for WCW standards. <laughs> let's just let's just get to the ending, okay? Because I, I can't I can't take it anymore. I can't. So here's the ending. Abdullah the Butcher got Rick Steiner there. Well, Cactus Jack is climbing up on the top ropes to get to the lever. Sometime in between this, one of the ghost orderlies came up to where the lever was and put a piece of duct tape or something to keep the switch from falling down. Oh, wowzers. Okay. So here's Mick trying to sell, trying to sell, 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 keep the story going, right? Rick gets up, or Rick gets a hold of Abdullah and does a really good belly-to-belly suplex or belly-to-belly suplex sort of onto Abdullah and puts Abdullah in the chair. Now the thing is, you have to hook, at, you have to hook your opponent in. So Rick, Mick, Cactus Jack's just sitting on the top rope going bang, bang, because he still thinks his guy's in the, you know, Rick is in the chair. He doesn't know about it. And Rick Steiner is struggling. When I tell you struggling to get all the doodads and shit on Abdullah. And it looks bad because Cactus is just sitting there. I'm just like, wow. This is horrible. So finally, Cactus throws the switch Sparks and smoke start flying from the chair. Abdullah the Butcher starts shaking. I'll give Abdullah this. He sold the shit out of that. Absolutely sold the shit out of it. I will give the man his props for that. The fireworks are going off, and I have a note here in my notes. Oh, so that's where the pyro went. Oh, shit. And the the lights start... (laughs) trying to sell this effect the lights start flickering and all you see is like abdullah seizing while like smoke and pyro is going off and like the mat and then finally everything stops the bell rings and the good guys are declared the winners and there's like this really touching moment because cactus jack didn't know he threw the switch on abdullah and he's trying to and he's like screaming and crying and he, cause you know, that was like his friend, you know, or however you want to put it. And then Abdullah, after doing an amazing cell job, 
completely no sells the after effect, gets up like nothing happened, and shoves cactus. The arena <laughs> my notes I took. The arena was too stunned to speak. <laughs> Dead ass fucking all the good guys like fucking left. They went later and left because they had enough of this bullshit. I could only imagine. I could only imagine what the Steiners and Sting were like talking about later on about this 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 car crash of a match. I, I call I know I called it a car crash already, but there's no other way to explain it, Tiff. There really isn't. I'm just trying to process what I'm hearing. Because I just, I can't believe that that is actually something you can watch now. I would hide every single one of those. But you know that they find it eventually, because if you can't find it on Peacock, you can eventually find it on YouTube. And then, just to make whole circle of everything, Cactus and Butcher start yelling as they get out of the, they get out of the, the Chamber of Horrors. The fucking orderlies are still there doing absolutely jack shit through the whole match except having a front row view of that atrocity. And then they start beating them up and leave. Meanwhile, Vader meanwhile, Vader and uh, Scott Hall got the fuck out of there because they already knew this. They didn't want this attached to their fucking their fucking careers. Just, I... I'm just trying to understand the chaos. (laughs) Well, here's what happened. Back then in 1991, hardcore wrestling was was not new, but it was something that WCW hadn't done. And with the addition of Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher, they really wanted people to, you know, they really wanted people to buy this pay-per-view. Because think about it, Halloween, and as much as I hate it, Christmas is coming quick. We have November. That's Thanksgiving. So normally around that time when pay-per-view buys were coming, that's when they started to drop because people didn't have the extra, what, the extra money to spend it. Or in some cases, they just didn't have time because they were trying to do stuff what they needed to do for the holidays. So this was just a gimmick to buy this pay-per-view. It was just a gimmick. And Sting Sting would go on to continue having a great run as the United States champion. Uh, champion. Him and Foley had a match in, uh, later on in 92. I completely made up for this. And no one spoke of the Chamber of Horror match ever again. <laughs> Someone did ask Mick Foley, you know, his thoughts and opinions about it. And Mick, being the gentleman that he is... He's like, well, there's a reason why you never saw Chambers of Horror 2. And that's all he said about it. Really? Oh, here's 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 even the more kicker. I couldn't find out why, but they kept changing up the guys who would be in the on the teams and all that. And like I said earlier, Barry Wynn getting Kate Faith hurt, that was the best thing that ever happened to him, honestly. Because he did not have to be <laughs> shit. Thanks, Larry Zabisco and <laughs> Lord Anderson. There was supposed to be two other guys who joined the heel team. 
one man gang, which I believe he was also Repo Man in WWE, but don't quote me on that. But what man? And then another character that I'm so gonna do. Do have you ever heard of Oz? Like the TV show? Like the wrestler named Oz. No. God, do I tell you now or do I wait till the show? Fuck it. I want to tell you now. So, you know, Turner Broadcasting made this big deal that they got the rights to like the Wizard of Oz back in the day. And that's why they were able to show it like every single holiday. When we were growing okay. up. Okay. Well, <laughs> Ted Turner decided that he should have a wrestler match them getting the rights to to have the um Wizard of Oz movie. I'm trying so hard to say this with a straight face right now. I really am. So they um took the idea of the great and powerful Wizard of Oz and they turned it into a wrestler. What? Now this was not his first pay-per-view appearance. In fact, he did not. Sh- I don't believe he showed up on the show, but he was not in this match, at least. You're a liar. I, I don't believe you. Google it. I, I you don't believe out, you. No, Google it. And when you find out or you want me to tell you who played Oz, because I'm not even fucking joking. This is 100% real. I don't believe you. I, I don't believe it. I don't. There's no way. There's no way. Ah. Look it up. I and he actually did debut for WWE the, the same year. Was it fucking nuts? It's so. I'm going to tell you who. I'm going to tell you who Oz was. Who was it? Are you sitting down? Yeah. It was Kevin Nash. (laughs) What? (laughs) It was one of... Oh, my God. This was one of his... No, just no. It can't be true. I'm not making this up. Kevin Nash started in WCW the same time Scott Hall did. And he had... This is going to be a show in itself. He had so many bad gimmicks in WCW. And his first major one was Oz. And he debuted in 1991. I don't know if he debuted or if he wrestled on the uh, Halloween Havoc 91. But I know he debuted in 91. Because after this Chamber of Horrors match, I could not fucking stomach anything else. Like, I don't care what was on this card. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And people actually paid to see this live. So I can only imagine what the shit was going through their head. He came out dressed. Please, Jesus. He came out dressed in a fucking lime green robe. 
lime green harem pants with like silver sparkly boots. What? Oh, with this hat on. And when he took it all off, it was Kevin Nash. And they spray, you know, that cheap ass spray paint hair dye they have at Halloween stores. God. They fucking spray painted his hair on color. This is bad. <laughs> oh, it gets worse when he first, like his first ever appearance, right? He comes out with Kevin Sullivan as like dressed as like a munchkin or something like that. And then you had actors who were dressed as Dorothy, the Tinsman, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion come down to the ring with him. What? Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was getting this. <laughs> and he fucking hates hates talking about this. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> this is what I mean by I love WCW, but they have done such dumb shit. I have to laugh about it, because if I don't laugh, I, we, as Jimmy Buffett said, we will all go insane. They have... <laughs> <laughs> between so between this bullshit with the Chamber of Horrors match and the Hogan Warrior match that cut into DDP and Goldberg's match, I'm not really starting to see this with the, the nostalgic, happy nostalgic light that I once remember. That's <laughs> I'll always watch Eddie and Ray at Halloween Havoc. Like, that match was fucking... I need to watch that match later. I was, that had to be amazing, so... I can understand that, but... God. So, Sullivan, I just looked it up, excuse me. Kevin Sullivan was not a munchkin. Somebody decided that his character's name would be... The Grand Wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they 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 made people pay for that. People pay for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did have a match at. I just looked this up because I'm not watching Halloween Havoc '91 ever again. <laughs> uh, he did. He did have a match at Halloween Havoc. He went up against somebody named Bill Casimir. I don't know who he is. He lost. He beat Kevin Nash in less than four minutes. Oh. Okay. I mean, dressed as the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz with fucking... It was it was bad. It was fucking oh, but it's gonna get worse because I the next one I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep going with Halloween Havoc because it is that time of the year. I'm gonna talk about the disastrous monster truck match 
between the giant and Hulk Hogan. Did you say monster truck match? Truck match. Mm hmm. <sighs> For the giant, Kayfabe fell to his death, apparently. But then he's like, LOL, I'm okay. But that is the Chamber of Horrors match from the Holly Havoc 1991. Jesus. The I... only, only good thing that I can say about this match is that Cactus Jack knew he was going to be walking into some bullshit and he managed to sell his ass off. He got busted open. He was going all out as much as he could because he even knew this match was going to suck. Goodness <laughs> me. And watching it, if you want to see something, look up people who have gone over it on YouTube. Make sure you give them love because I'm not even joking when this match made me literally think I was going to lose my damn mind. Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, you you got a wizard. You have a and wizard. Too. You got a Dorothy's wizard. walking around. So, yeah, I, I'd lose my mind, too. I'm gonna do a show one day on the most unsuccessful the unsuccessful gimmicks of Kevin Nash because that's just that you you have to talk about that. I'm just you know he did something. Yeah, I didn't know he had any other gimmicks, but oh, this yeah. was uh, Oz. He was Vinny Vegas. That's and that's just the two I know of. Did you know he was the shoot the super shredder in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two? Secret of the Ooze. No. Was the super shredder after shredder drank the ooze and he got like all huge and jack that was kevin nash no i did not know that and then in the uh kevin nash has done a lot of stuff in movies and then like uh see this is more this is more important to talk about than the chamber of horrors <laughs> i can't but he was also um did you guys see the uh punisher with thomas jane no. Okay, well, watch that because that's probably the best Punisher movie to ever be made. Um, it's based. Oh God, I can't remember the name of it, but it's based on an actual Punisher story. And there was a guy called the Russian who came in and kicked like Frank Castle's ass like big time. And Kevin Nash actually played him in that movie, except he didn't talk. He just. I was like, that's Kevin Nash. Come on, and then the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you really gonna let the Super Shredder kick your ass when he got his ass beat by four mutant turtles? <laughs> now. That's so mean! You know what? It's one thing that you can have nostalgia and you can have your favorites. Because at the end of the day, that's what we grew up on. That's what we love. And this is why we a lot of us still watch pro wrestling. But at the same time, don't be afraid to laugh at yourself and don't be Fair. afraid everything that a company offers even if it is your ride or die company it's not always successful i mean she's right i can't i can't deny that we watched a guy who called himself abdullah the butcher get shocked by a replica prop electric chair 
Did when he it, sell it at least? Like when he was getting electrocuted, he sold the shit out of it. I mean, convulsed. Okay, <laughs> so he did that. What he didn't sell was when he got out of the chair because he just popped. He just like stood up like nothing just majorly happened. And shout out, and you know, he was immune. If, shout out to Jr. and Tony Schiavone because they were really trying their best to make this match entertaining as much as possible. But you could even tell that they were just like, "When's this shit in?" This was a twenty-three minute match. It seems it was long- twenty-three minutes. Three minutes. This seemed longer. And I know that I said Warrior and Hogan has, and the last one I did is like has to be one of the worst matches I ever watched. At least I was entertained by all that shit going on because you going back, I'm like, you know what? I really shouldn't have had high standards for this, for this. But at least with that, I can sit back and laugh and watch. With this one, it's just sad. It's just sad. The only saving grace was Mick Foley bumping his ass off. And Sting. But but it just goes to show you, you could be right or die and you can have great memories of something, but you got to be able to laugh at yourself as well. And you got to be able to laugh at the company as well, too. It's pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, because what the... You... Okay, final thoughts. Thoughts. My, wrestling... my, <laughs> my thing is it, the execution. Why would you half-ass it like that? It's so lazy and lackadaisical. It didn't have to be that way. And you're just like, there's well, so many things that could have been done without it going over the top, but it's still having that that air of, I guess you could say, um, Halloween Havoc. Of It was like they were trying to do something, but didn't know exactly what they wanted to do with it. And I'm just like... Well, that's what Foley said. He goes, they understand the idea. Because Foley's the only one who I've seen that have said absolutely anything about it. But as Paulie said, you know, they had the idea for it. They had, you know, how they wanted it to go down. They had everything built up. The problem was their production staff was not capable of handling something on that large of a scale at that time. So why didn't they just wait until they could? I, to be honest, I don't know. Because at this point, WWE was not a like they were not a threat to each other. It was 1991. I don't know. They just they the only way I could figure it is that they had this idea, which in hindsight sounds really fucking cool, right? Yeah. Execute it correctly. Now, something cool that I have found out about MLW, I believe next Saturday is doing a Chamber of Horrors match. They're bringing it back. And Mance Warner is going to be one of the guys in it. So I may have to watch that just to get the bad taste out of my mouth. It's up to you, Mance. It's all on you, baby. But I thought that was really cool that they're 
they're bringing that back to MLW. And I think MLW will do it better. But this is a great story of don't put the horse, horse before the cart unless you know what kind of shit you about to get into. You know, something like that, right? Yeah. You're, you're just shocked. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, I, I could... I could probably get it if it were just like they did like they didn't I understand them not having the props and I understand them not having all that stuff because that makes sense to me you didn't have the budget for it or you just simply weren't prepared to execute the vision of what you wanted fine so why didn't you just do something cheap a few scary pumpkins carved some really nice Halloween or creepy ass Halloween decorations, some fake spider webs along the barricade and boom, Halloween havoc. Like, I don't, I I get it, but the, it was the matches that the match execution is just odd to me. I'm just like, you've got chair. <laughs> you're not, like, I can, there's an electrical chair. <laughs> You're trying to electrocute people. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was just because Ted Turner, Ted Turner, I think it all has to fall on hubris because that's, you know, Ted Turner bought WCW and then turned it from Jim Crockett Promotions, Jim Crockett Promotions to World Championship Wrestling. And I remember Vince doing an interview and one day, uh, Tim, uh, Ted Turner calls up Vince. And he's like, guess what, Vince? I'm in the wrestling business now. Like he was trying to, because look, one thing you don't do is that you do not intimidate Vince McMahon. I man really call- wish they would do a documentary on, on that alone. Because Ted Turner has some fucking balls. He has some balls. Vince- I need a doc. I need somebody to do it. Like nobody's doing it, and they need to. Ted Turner's still alive. I. I think he is. Alexa, is Ted Turner still alive? Ted Turner is still alive. He is eighty-four years old. God damn. He's eighty-four. Wowzers. Waiting for him to kick the bucket to do that so he can't come back. And like, Jesus, would you be surprised? Not waiting for him to kick the bucket, though. <laughs> Here's the thing: so he calls up Vince, and he's like, "Vince, I'm in the wrestling business now because in the South we called it wrestling." Don't ask me why. And Vince, fucking, just tells him he's like, "Well, good for you, Ted. I'm in the sports entertainment business." I always thought that was cold as fuck. But yeah. Halloween Havoc. It was something. Just, I, the, the brain is not processing. It's not processing. They have all, they have all the Halloween Havocs on Peacock. If you want to see a visual of it, I warn you, though, to brace yourself for the insanity. You can go watch it. And you can yell at me how I made you watch this. And I will I, 
don't think I can do it. <laughs> if you and I know I keep saying him a lot, but he is one of the best people on YouTube. Brian Zane did a uh pay-per-view rewind of his of his for or classic pay-per-view about Halloween Havoc 1991. And he is as gobsmacked as we are when it comes to this match. Because you could tell he's struggling. Because he he had a like, you know, he watches it and then he, you know, does his thing. But it's just like you could tell he was going through a lot of shit <laughs> trying to get through this match. Cause he's sitting there going, I had to watch this and I kept going, what the fuck? And now I know exactly what this man went through. I really fucking do. <laughs> That's so this this is devastating. I I am I'm what's really making me really flabbergasted is the fact that Kevin Nash was dressed up like a fucking wizard from the Wizard of Oz. We're gonna talk right. about the show and next show, like I said, the monster truck match. I, I don't hate. know. <laughs> so hate for this shit, man. Oh, kill me. What the fuck is going on? I think the problem was WCW, and I say this with love, okay? Because, again, a lot of my favorite wrestlers came from WCW. Of course. They were so... Now, this is just my opinion. It could come out something different, but this is the way I see it. WCW was trying really, really, really hard. Really, really hard. When they didn't have to. Because they had great talent. They had great talent back in 1991 and they had great talent leading up to their closure. The problem is whoever was in control at the time because at one point I really should just made this whole show about WCW because at one point they got they got this guy named Jim Hurd and he is like a curse to hardcore WCW fans. He worked for Pizza Hut before WCW. He was in charge of several Pizza Huts. And he decided he was going to try to take over WCW. You know what one of the rules that he had for WCW? What? If you got thrown off, or if you got thrown over the the top rope that was an instant disqualification you couldn't <sighs> jump off and jump off the top turnbuckle now now riddle me this tiff what is wcw best known for and the one thing that i talk about how much i love from wcw well you talk about a lot of stuff you love from wcw so you're gonna well, have to help me out with this one that I loved about WCW, especially back in the day, is that they had a lot of smaller wrestlers. This is where the cruiserweight division came from. Oh yeah, I remember you. You used to, you scream about it. It's their their love of not being the big bulky guy or the unconventional guy. I mean, they yeah. had 
But that was kind of where people could start seeing cruiserweights and they had the light heavyweight division. That's where guys like Rey Mysterio really were able to shine despite their size. They were still like some of the best in the world. So smaller guys were on the mid to low card, but they were the ones that were carrying the weight, guys like Alex Wright. And then you had Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera and fucking Jushin Thunder Lager showed up there. And then you had the guys from Japan, like Ultimo Dragon. They showed up. They weren't huge Balkan guys, but they put on hella matches. Best match that UCW ever put on was not two of the biggest guys slugging it out. It was Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc. That match was a fucking instant classic. Like, I'll sit down and watch that match any day of the fucking week. If I walk past and it's on TV, I'm like, oh, nope. Whatever I'm doing dropped. I'm going to watch this. No one bug me for at least 15 minutes. <laughs> like, fair. 91, you had guys like flying Brian Pillman over there. And this was before he became loose cannon. So that's why when you see the clips, that's Brian Pillman Jr. Because they show his dad. Because his dad used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals before he became a wrestler. Yeah, it kind of pissed me off. And my brother came up here and he told me who it was. And I didn't know. And I was like, fucking hell, I should have known that. Well, he, you know, so Pillman was like one of the big stars there. And a lot of things that the light heavyweights did was jump off from the top rope, which was considered crazy at that point in 1991. Because you didn't have people doing like, you know, all the crazy shit they do from the top rope. Now, you don't have Viking, uh, Viking go up there doing fucking 450s just like jumping up from the top rope you know like you didn't have that shit right he banned people jumping from the top rope it's just like how what what WCW has done a lot of dumb shit they've done a lot of great stuff too that's memorable and a lot of fans like myself who grew up watching WCW and was part of the Monday Night Wars, we carry that with us. But at the same time, I can sit down and admit and going, wow, that was shit, which a lot of wrestling fans seem to not be able to do. Because I'm pretty sure if I go on a certain social media website or app, it makes the sound of a clock, and I voice my opinions on this, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get called every single nasty name in the fucking book. But at this point, I don't care. Because I'm at the age where I'm getting white hair, and you know what that fucking means. So <laughs> it means you can say and do whatever the hell you want. I'm this long. If I'm almost look, I wasn't supposed to be here for this long. So now at this point, I'm just gonna be a bitch to everybody. Okay. So this is just borrowed time as far as I'm concerned. Bring <laughs> <laughs> earlier and I'm I I know we can save this for the show like when Nicole and Janet come in, but I just remember, and I was watching this and it kind of hit me when you were saying that like wrestling fans can't take jokes anymore and they're all like super serious about it. And I know I get serious about some shit about it too. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not, but it's like, mm -hmm. you can't, I remember what you said earlier this week that people can't take a fucking joke. People can't laugh at it. And it's just like, it's grown men and women wearing spandex, crashing into each other, 
And one of the greats is a guy who pretended to be a seven foot undead zombie for the majority of his career. How are you guys taking this so damn serious? <laughs> because when we were kids, that's all we knew. You know, when we were kids, that was that was real to us. It was very, very real to us when we were kids. I mean, I, so we're like now as a, as an adult, you're like, oh my god, like you're watching it because you want that same feeling that you got as a kid, but you're not gonna get it because you don't have that same mystifying love affair of it. You don't have that anymore. So now. You have to, we kind of have to supplement it. And that supplement it called supplementing causes us to overcompensate. We want things to be done differently or better. And we're like, we need this and we need that. And they don't, they're not doing this. And I'm, I'm sick of this. And you're just, once you really step back and look at it, you're like, um, wrestling is supposed to be fun. I might not like everything. But wrestling is supposed to be fun. So I think I'm just going to let it be fun. If I don't like something, I don't like it. But it's supposed to be fun. That's the great thing about being so many different wrestling companies. You don't have to like everything that WWE is putting out. You don't have to like everything AEW is putting out. You don't have to like everything that MLW is putting out or NWA or Impact. I mean, hell, I can't tell you the last time I watched an AEW show. But I got people over there who I like and I'll support. And when they put the clips on YouTube, I'll make sure I watch those. I support them by following on social media or when they like, I'm be honest. Last night, Vaseline, and you can shut me up because I know, again, we'll probably talk about this on the show. I did not have very high hopes for Jay and Cody versus uh, Priest and Finn. Dude, that shit took me back because I was yelling and screaming. Well, quietly because my husband was sleeping, but I was like really involved. And I'm like, why am I getting involved in this shit? It's, it's, because it started it's out as moments and you really like it. And then when they do something, but I always, I always say that to, when you really sit back and think about it, the decisions that are made that we don't necessarily agree with are necessary because I always tell y'all that wrestling is supposed to invoke emotion, whether it be good or bad, happy or sad. You need to be passionate about it. Cody well, now winning Roy the WrestleMania was probably one of the biggest visceral reactions from everybody as a fan outside of Bianca getting beaten at SummerSlam that year that I've ever seen. There were a lot of people who were like, no, Hunter made the right decision, keeping it on Roman. But the rest of us was just like, you did all this building, all this movement, and now what are we going to do? That kind of was the idea of now what? Now what are we going to do? And because of him not pulling the trigger on Roman, he it allowed him to be able to look outside of Roman and start to build the company around other players, which was very smart. He didn't have to implode Bloodline in order to make 
each person in bloodline have something to stand on their own for, especially Jay Uso. Jay Uso is in his prime right now. And Jimmy's gonna get there. He's he's a nuisance as a heel. He's arrogant and brash, and he's he's almost overcompensating with his arrogance, which is kind of the point. And then you've got Solo, who's like the the quiet, brooding, villainous type. Who's it's annoying me. I'm I'm done with his ass. He's flat out annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> but they all. They're all going to get their just due. And that's why I'm saying, like, when we watch it, we should watch it and have emotions and feelings about it. And I, I want everybody to be emotional in whatever way you choose to be. But I also want you to think, like, when you're looking at it and you see it happen in front of you, you're like, okay, this has to lead to something. And, like, the only one that I think the decision that they made that I don't believe was the right one was Dominic Mysterio being a two-time North American champion. Oh, that shit legit pissed me off. That wasn't the right decision because right now you have Jay and and, and uh, you've got Jay and Cody as the tag team champions, but you gave Dom his belt back. Why? You could have dismantled every person's power in Judgment Day with the exception of Rhea. More specifically, to put Rhea as the leader of the group. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it would have solidified her as the one who calls the shots and makes all the moves. She is, because she was the one who was trying to rally the troops last night. And she was, like, yelling in the... It's all serious, though. I really hope Damian Pace is okay, because I saw that shot again. That they It did was like, bad. Oh, that, like, he's almost six foot. That fucking... Her, that cave is legging, and I was just like, "Ooh, that doesn't That's, look good." I'm like, "That was bad." All person, our knees are not supposed to go in that way. No, it, it was very reminiscent of a football injury. Way, and I was but, just like, "I was like, I hope he's okay," you know. But like I said, I I still feel like they could have gave that. They should give that belt back to Trick. They've got plenty of opportunities to do so with um they've got halloween havoc and then they've got the iron survivor challenge with deadline so they have opportunities um but i honestly believe that dominic mysterio more than likely is going to drop that championship as stand and deliver which sucks but i just have i just have a sneaky suspicion that that's where they're going with it i don't know who's going to get it if it's going to be Trick Williams or if they're going to end up giving it to Frazier or um, somebody else. But they've taken Dragon Lee out of NXT completely and he's on the main roster now. So it's something off, off kilter here a little bit. Dragon sure. Lee ass. What'd you say? Well, he's got a nice ass. <laughs> On uh, Friday, I was like, "Sir, yeah, <laughs> I, I, he's a good-looking man. I'll give him that for sure." The look at then then Dominic Mysterio. Tell you fucking that right now. Dom and his mullet is getting on my nerves. Anyway, um, yeah. cut. She got her hair cut again, 
And, you know, I don't really care for Dom, but I will say that as a wrestler, he has tremendously improved in terms of his wrestling skill. I don't know if it was just because he was going up against Dragon Lee that he really beefed up his wrestling, but he did exceptionally well up against Dragon Lee. And that probably is one of my favorite matches of his more specifically because before he was real lazy with it. And I think it had more to do with his character than his actual wrestling, but he was, he was just phoning it in. There wasn't really much going on with him in that regard. So it's really raining out there. Well, send it down here. Cause I don't want it to get back up in this fucking seventies again. I am, I've been enjoying the 50 degree weather. They cannot take this away from me. They can't. Well, no. it seems like they're not, it's not going to go back up. It looks like it's going to stay down between the, the 50s and the 60s. Yeah, I'm tired of this. You just want it to be pumpkin spice season. <laughs> pumpkin spice. I just want fucking cool fucking weather. That's all I want, man. I'm tired That's of it. That's okay, because Christmas is coming and then it'll be super cool. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we're gonna go <laughs> thank y'all for tuning into this happened was i'm really bad I don't, I don't know why i have the hair up my ass to start this up again who knows could be spooky season i like them i think they're great and oh, i think I she does really good research on them so they're fun thank you for being on here i just need, i knew i just needed your reactions on this one because i this is that is bizarre as hell. When I see it, if I see it, I'll record it and post it to our Instagram because that that is that is insane to me. But so I'm gonna try to pump out a couple more. Of course, Halloween Havoc. I really want to talk about WCW, but I really don't get the chance to. But gonna try to pump out a few more and maybe a couple more. Maybe talking about how War Games got started for. November. Ooh, that'd be cool. Oh, because I Cause think War Dusty, Games is going to be interesting this year. I think Dusty started War Games. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to double check. But, and then of course, come November after Survivor Series, we're going to go for our holiday break. Honestly, has this year been as bad as last year? No, actually, it was pretty, it's pretty quiet. No! It's been pretty decent. <laughs> Don't say that word. It well, I mean, we have releases. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, you know, a lot of stuff. Like we had uh, Vince getting accused of assault, and I mean, I guess we could do a rec a year recap recap for our final episode instead of it just being about Survivor Series. Let's do our like year in review. Let's start that. So I mean, I think that'll be fun. I'm I'm actually this. I can't believe this year's almost over, man. It is. It's like wild because like it's like once Survivor Series hits, it's like season over. We'll see y'all in January. <laughs> Wowzers! I'm mean, on the dock. Keep an eye out for it. We're gonna be putting out an episode as well this week. Uh. 
big thanks to Tiff and Nicole and shout out to Don Rico for keeping it holding everything down while I took had to take a break for a while. But uh yeah. So don't take wrestling serious. Allow to laugh at what you think is great and what's not great. And uh don't pull off a production if you fucking can't do it. That's what <laughs> final thoughts on me. Lesson learned. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Down for the Count 19 on Twitter and at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. Twitter has all of the stuff we talk about. They get it live right then and there on Twitter. On Instagram, it's a different vibe because I post my commentary over there for all the shows usually. Um, and I'll occasionally post things and ask questions of everybody that follows us and see I'm going to try to make sure I post a question a week and see where everybody's mindset is when it comes to wrestling but we shall see so thank y'all for tuning in like Alexis said and we'll see you guys next time peace out